Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna me for my ambition. Welcome on into the show, everybody. It's episode 45 here on the Hooper's Log. It is a Thursday, January 7, 2016, here in the FanDuel Studios for the Hooper's Log through CLNS on Blog Talk Radio here live on the air. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts or through the Blog Talk Radio podcast, feel free to sit in and enjoy. I, I am I am emotional about some things today in the world of sports, outside of just the world of basketball. Um, and I'm going to get to it here sometime later on in the show, definitely. Uh, we're going to try and speed through today's show, try and get a half an hour in and get the heck on out of here. There's not a lot that happened in the world of the NBA last night. Clearly, there were 11 games in the game in the world of the NBA last night. But outside of that, college basketball, rather slow. Uh, the other portions of the sports world, uh, the Hall of Fame announcing in the, in the Major League Baseball world, obviously you got uh, – uh, we are going to preview another football game for you today, uh, the Seattle – uh, Seahawks at the Minnesota Vikings. We will preview that one for you as well. Uh, clearly, I live out here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, but I am a Minnesota Vikings fan, so I can cover both spectrums for you on that one as well. We have Andrew Norris here in the building. Andrew, what's up, man? How you been? I have been good. I have been extremely busy, and I am exhausted out of my mind, but I'm ready to do this show, and uh, I'm excited, man. Well, you know, uh, the all-star balloting just came out. Uh, the all-star balloting just uh, came out, the, uh, the newest update from both sides. Um, I want to get to that first before we get into any basketball. Kevin Hart started all off right, All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. Andrew, I want you to tell me about this, uh, this voting in the all-star game, and then I'll give you my take uh, from there. Uh, if you're ready to get it going, let's go. Let's, let's talk about these all-star things that has happened uh, we're about what? We're, what are we about? Uh, about a month, about five weeks away from the All Star break, um, All Star game, and so uh, I, I want to get the latest update on what this All Star voting looks like. Yeah, um, before we get into the whole Kobe thing, because that's that's what the, the main part of this topic is. Uh, just just an update. Uh, Kobe leads with with 1.2 million. Steph Curry's in second with 925,000, and then in the East, LeBron leads with 636,000. And Dwayne Wade is in second with 562,000. So if you look uh, in this game, you're going throwback all-star. You're having Dwayne Wade and Kobe Bryant, uh, who would both be starting if the all-star game was today. And it looks like that's how it's going to be. The second closest guard to Dwayne Wade has 271,000 votes. It's not even close. Um, 
big thing. Reggie Jackson finally moved into the top ten. It's a joke he hasn't been closer. Uh, but right now the starting lineup in the East would be Kyrie Irving at point guard, Dwayne Wade at shooting guard, uh, LeBron James at small forward, Paul George at power forward, and then Andre Drummond starting at center. Yeah. Uh, in the East it would be Steph Curry and Russell Westbrook, and then you got Kobe, KD, and Draymond Green. Uh, I think I think that would be a fun a fun way to start it. Um, I mean, I kind of wish Dwayne Wade wasn't in the starting lineup. He doesn't have that that sentiment that Kobe has right now. Um, and he, he's played extremely well. He's played at an All Star level, but I don't know if he's played at a level to start an All Star game. Um, again, the guard play in the East this this year hasn't been spectacular, but it also there there hasn't been any spectacular MVP type players. But there also hasn't been any you know way low garbage guards in the East. Um, so that that's why you're going to get a guy like Dwayne Wade to get so many of these votes. Uh, obviously, I'm excited. Andre Drummond, Andre Drummond would be in there. Uh, I think I think the where the most exciting thing and the most interesting thing is uh, is going to be between Kawhi Leonard and Draymond Green for that final spot in the front court. Uh, they're separated now by only 15, 1,300 votes. Uh, Draymond Green is. 332,233, and Kawhi Leonard has 330,929. So I think whoever plays better, whoever captures the heart of America, which will be Draymond Green, between now and and the All-Star, when the All-Star voting finishes, is going to get that start. Um, If you want to win, well, here's the thing. Draymond Green is going to be much more exciting to watch in an All-Star game than Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, I don't know if he knows how to not play defense. So he'd be, you know, trying to lock up LeBron or Paul George or, you know, who's who's going to match up against Andre Drummond if Kawhi's in there. Um, but, but obviously the main topic, Kobe Bryant, he has a million votes. Steph Curry is second, and he is 340,000 votes behind Kobe Bryant. And remind you, Kobe Bryant statistically is having the worst year in NBA history for anybody, okay? It, it, it's not really a debate. He, he's killing his team night in and night out. He's had a few exciting games, and, and that's all fine and dandy and exciting, but, but statistically it's been the worst season ever by anybody. And, and you'd be better off if Kobe was going out and getting 0.0 assists and zero rebounds than what he's doing right now and playing zero minutes. He's he's hurting his team. The the saber metrics show it. The normal stats show it. But I I'm one who I want Kobe in the All Star game. Do I want Do I necessarily want to see him get two million votes for this? Um, I don't know. I I don't think the vote count really really matters. I do want him to start. I want him to jack up a few shots, and, and I want him to just see if he can get hot. Uh, imagine you know you see a, a fourth. You know they turn up the the defense in the fourth quarter in the All Star game. So imagine. LeBron James uh, or Dwayne Wade even, and going back and forth with Kobe Bryant, both of them hot on fire against the All-Star defense, trying to get the win. Uh, that that'd be a moment for the ages. That's something you'd remember forever. Obviously, the, it has little meaning, but it would just be special. Uh, Chris, what's your take on Kobe having these uh, so many more votes than anybody else? And what do you want Kobe to start in this All-Star game? Look, I'm in a I'm in a jacked up mood today when it comes to just sports in general. A lot of things have gone on in the sports world that have kind of jacked me up in general. And this is this isn't really one of those things that's jacked me up. It's more of look, clearly the fans are delusional. Um, Kobe Bryant is not an all star. 
first and foremost, not an all-star. Does he deserve to be there? Sure, for his career. But at the same time, this guy is not an all-star. This guy hasn't been an all-star for two or three years now. He, he Ever since he got hurt, he's fallen off the map, strictly and flat out. Now, the one interesting about this is – outside of the Kobe Bryant situation is when you look at the uh, middle portions of the front court voting, it gets more interesting there. I feel like the lower voting that we have, you see the more, I guess, intelligent fan base. Look, Zaza Pachulia has been a legitimate guy coming uh, in, in Dallas as a rebounder. He's been an outstanding player, but for him to have more votes than DeMarcus Cousins, are people <laughs> smoking the greatest reefer of all time? You've got to be kidding me. DeMarcus Cousins is a first ballot all-star right now he needs to start in the all-star game look it's easy in the western conference to have these starters look steph curry needs to start clearly russell westbrook needs to start clearly demarcus uh, demarcus cousins uh who else in the uh, draymond green kevin durant. and maybe and kevin durant exactly those are your four those are your five guys it's pretty obvious and and for people to keep voting in you know uh, Kawhi leonard is clearly a legitimate all-star but i don't know if he deserves to start this year per se but you got a guy in Draymond Green who's in the MVP conversation. You've got a guy in DeMarcus Cousins who's sneaking his way up into that conversation. Of he, might be the, he might be the best big man in the game. And he's only ranked ninth in the front court in voting. What are people watching? People aren't watching sports correctly. What are you doing? Chris Paul, is. I feel like the guard position is ranked perfectly right now in the Western Conference, though. Stephen Curry, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, Clay Thompson, James Harden, pretty accurate. Now, for Andre Iguodala to have – to be up there just need just is all you need to know about where the guard position is in the Western Conference. Those five players that I just mentioned, Steph, Russell, Chris, Chris Paul, Clay Thompson, and James Harden, those are the five guys that really deserve to be in the conversation. But for Kobe to be at the top, again, I understand the fact that he's retiring, but this is where I start to think, look, maybe the fans need to be a little bit hampered on their voting. You know, they need to be a little bit uh, a little bit uh, you know, weighted down because Kobe should not be the leading vote-getter. LeBron James is the MVP in the NBA right now. Um, Paul George is hanging around, but Andre Drummond is, is perfect where he's at. Number three, I feel like that's fair. Considering he's right behind Paul George and LeBron James, I feel like that's fair. He is the best center in the Eastern Conference by far. Carmelo Anthony has had an outstanding season so far, so he's near that area as well. Paul Gasol's been playing great. you know. But for Hassan Whiteside to be higher than – you know, uh, Hassan Whiteside to be as high as he is. Look, I feel like it's fair, but Kristaps Porzingis is getting also a really high vote. Look, you can just just by looking at the voting itself, you can see where the centric and the and the main population growth is in America. You can just tell. Kristaps Porzingis has been outstanding. He's not a hall. He's he's not a he's not a he's not a uh, uh, all star worthy player right now. Is he on the verge? Yeah, but he's more of a rookie all star type guy. He's not there yet. Dwayne Wade's been playing outstanding. He deserves Kyrie Irving, he's only played five games. Why is he in the guard? <laughs> Kyle Lowry has been outstanding. Jimmy Butler should be above everybody in the, in the Eastern Conference. That's a joke. John Wall should be higher. DeMar DeRozan should be higher. Derrick Rose shouldn't even be in the conversation. This is all generated by shoe deals. Uh, who, like, you know, for example, Chris Asperzingis is in New York. New York voting. East Coast bias. Um people loving Kobe, this is all turning into people's fandom and people's money-generated conglomerate that it's become. It's not, it's not voting on who's been the better player anymore. It's voting on who's popular, who is, who is getting the, the sympathy vote, who is the guy that is liked. DeMarcus Cousins isn't liked, but I don't give a damn what you think. DeMarcus Cousins is the best damn big man in the league, and Andre Drummond is right there behind him, and Andre Drummond and DeMarcus Cousins 
our Jamarcus Cousins only has 190,000 votes. Andre Drummond has 261,000, which he should have more. Andre Drummond should have about 400,000 votes right now. He has been unbelievable. He has been probably the most fundamentally sound big man in the league right now. And DeMarcus Cousins has just been a guy who's gone off. But no one likes DeMarcus Cousins. Who cares if you like him? He's the best player in the league right now when it comes to his position. He's only ninth. He's behind Zaza Pachulia. That's all I need to say. What are people doing? It's crazy to see this kind of stuff happening and to see that the NBA is just letting it fly, letting it happen, and letting Kobe start in the All-Star game. Look. I think if Kobe Bryant starts in the All-Star game this year, and I understand, I get it. I want him to be in the All-Star game from the standpoint of, look, it's his last year, it's his, it's, his, it's his parade, I get it. But he should not be able to start. He said it last year when he was voted to be starting in the All-Star game. I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve to be in the All-Star game. Pick someone else who's been better. That's what I think Kobe should do again this year. And I know Kobe's on his way out, and I know, he, I know he's like he doesn't really care at this point when it comes to doing stuff and all that kind of thing, you know, when it comes to the, the future of the game, because he's about to be out. But at the same time, it's like, look, man, like, let him be in the All-Star game, but don't start him because he hasn't been the best shooting guard in the game. He hasn't been the best small forward in the game. Kevin Durant should be starting. Kevin Durant should be starting over him. Draymond Green should be starting over him. Kawhi Leonard should be starting over him. It, there's more players that are playing better basketball than Kobe Bryant right now. And Kobe should be in. Kobe should play. But I don't believe he should be starting. It, 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 it just, it, there's a lot of things in this that, are, but that bother me. And to get the update and to see it, it, it just opens my eyes to what the public is thinking to this all-star situation. Because I'm telling you, I mean, other sports get it right. The NFL gets it right when it comes to picking guys for the Pro Bowl. They get it right. They get, a, they get, they get like 30% of the fan vote uh, is contributed to who starts in the Pro Bowl or who plays in the Pro Bowl, who gets a Pro Bowl selection. Then you got the MLB all-star game where, yes, the fan voting is also screwed in that one. But I'm going to get to the MLB in a little bit. But when it comes to the uh, when it comes to the situation in, in the NBA, look, they got to do a serious revamp of this because when I see a guy like Jimmy Butler getting behind Dwayne Wade, Kyrie Irving, and Kyle Lowry, he's been the best guard in the Eastern Conference to this point in this first half of the season. You can make the case that John Wall and Demar Derozan have also been there, and yet Derrick Rose is still also in the top. Ten. I don't get it. Reggie Jackson only has forty four thousand votes. That, that is also an atrocity. This guy has been one of the better shoot point guards in the NBA. He's been a top five point guard in the NBA, and that's saying something because the point guard position is loaded right now in the NBA. And Reggie Jackson has been a top five player. He needs to be in the All-Star game. If he's not in the All-Star game, I don't even know if I'll watch. I really don't because those are the two best players on Detroit in Andre Drummond and Reggie Jackson. And if they're not in the All-Star game, it's a joke because those have been some of the two better players in the league over this season so far. And I know Andre Drummond will be there, but Reggie Jackson needs to be in there as well. Is there anything else you want to talk about on this all-star front before we get to these other games that happened yesterday? Yeah, if Carmelo Anthony catches up to Andre Drummond, I think I'm going to flip out just just out of pure yeah. – uh, te- just tears. I would have tears. I want to see this guy start so bad. I mean, I, I – re- All right, I wasn't – Baseball was my first love. I told I told you this, Chris, yesterday, and not the whole story though. And basketball was not. I wasn't a basketball fan um, until 2009, the first or 2010, or maybe it was 09. The first year the Pistons were bad. Um, you know, after a ton of straight Eastern Conference Finals, the first year they missed the playoffs in like 16 years or something like that was the first year I was a fan. I've never. I, I, you know, I, I was young. I was so young when they won the title in you know, 04. I was seven years old. And I remember it because I, I, my family was basketball fans. I did watch it as a kid. 
Uh, I, and I've gone back and I've literally rewatched almost every game in that entire playoff run. Um, but uh, the first year I was a die die hard NBA fan was the first time they were bad. So I've never truly, with all my heart invested into it, seen this team even have an all star, even make a playoff game. None of it. So <laughs> these little milestones, like Andre Drummond getting into the all star game, uh, like maybe taking the eight seed, seven seed, six seed, five seed this year, those are all huge. And I just. I think Pistons Nation needs to see because they're still not filling out the palace like I'd like to see, but I think Pistons Nation needs this All Star to to get back on board, to jump back on the bandwagon, and to realize okay, this team is very good and it has some exciting players. I agree. No, I agree, and and, and it's not just that; it's just they've also too have been some of the better players at their position all year long to this point, and, and we're getting to the halfway point a week from today, a little over a week from today, we'll be doing our halfway point show, and Reggie Jackson and Andre Drummond will be in the conversation as two of the best players of their position coming into this halfway point. They just have. Uh, Reggie Jackson has just flat out played better than Kyle Lowry. He has. And for people to think that Kyle Lowry, just because last year he was great, blah, 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 people are delayed, okay? People naturally are just delayed on this voting process because Reggie Jackson has been so good this year. Is he the best? Play, is he the best point guard in the league? No, he's a top five guy. You got Russell Westbrook, Steph Curry, uh, and then you got what Chris Paul, and then then you start getting into the the, the debate conversation. John Wall, and then you got Reggie Jackson, who's crept up there. Kyrie, I mean, those those are five. Kyrie, yeah, but Kyrie's been hurt. I'm talking about this right. year. Right? No, yeah, I'm saying for the top top point guard, but but I give. Oh, absolutely. Saying. No, when it comes to when it comes to talent, absolutely. No, I agree with that. But when it comes to this year so far, Reggie Jackson has pulled a Kyle Lowry-type year from a year ago. Kyle Lowry wasn't in the discussion as a top player a year ago. He wasn't. Like, a year from now, people were like, okay, Kyle Lowry's coming up. He should be in the All-Star game. He should be. He deserves it. That's Reggie Jackson right now. That is Reggie Jackson right now. And for people not to think that he's not there, I, I don't know. Uh, it, just, it just makes me think people really aren't paying attention to basketball. They're still locked in on NBA I mean, excuse me, NFL, they're still locked into Major League Baseball. They're not locked into all these other things that are going on when it comes to the uh, voting process in the NBA. So let's get to the NBA real quick. From last night, there were a ton of games. Knicks beat the Heat on ESPN. The Knicks looked fantastic. Again, Carmelo Anthony having a fantastic night, 25 points. Uh, I mean, when it comes to his all-star positioning, that's a whole different story. But, again, the Knicks getting the victory 98-90. They get it there. Uh, 18 and 19 now are the Knicks. The Pacers beat the Magic again. The Magic are looking like they're coming back to earth. Pacers get the victory 95-86 in that one. Cavaliers destroy the Wizards. LeBron James motivated by uh, that little girl that came into the game. I forget her name. If you could uh, enlighten me, Andrew, uh, who came to the who came to the uh, arena, um, big time motivation for her for him there as they win 121 to 115 in Washington. LeBron James wipe away the performance, 34 points. 10 rebounds, 4 assists, a 57 on the whiteboard worthy performance scale. Leah still, exactly. Fantastic story there. If you want to go check that out, go go online, go somewhere to check it out. Leah still inspiring LeBron James last night in that performance. Absolutely good stuff there. The Pistons, obviously, as Andrew mentioned, in a uh, a big time game, 99-94 over the Celtics in the in the Garden. Reggie Jackson again, 24.6 assists. Again, just a ho hum performance by him. Another outstanding game. Isaiah Thomas had a good one too, 22 points, 10 assists. But the Pistons get the victory there. The Celtics drop to 19 and 16. The Pistons are now in the seventh spot in the Eastern Conference as they are 36 games in to the season. The Raptors destroy the Nets. 
uh, 91-74. The Raptors are now 22-15. and uh, They played an outstanding game in that one. Nuggets beat the Timberwolves in a very, very poorly scored game, 78-74. That's like a college – that's like a high-scoring college basketball game. That's pretty bad. Mavericks beat the Pelicans with pretty much everyone and their mom sitting on the bench after that double overtime game the other night. Pelicans losing 191. Anthony Davis, a wipe worthy performance there. 26 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 blocks, 2 steals, a 63 on the wipe worthy performance. Still an outstanding game by Anthony Davis. Not good enough, though, in the victory for the Dallas Mavericks. The Spurs, again, 21-0 at home, 31-6 on the season. Jazz are just, again, injured, not playing their best basketball right now. They still are, are relatively playing well considering – you know, how how bad they got beat last night. They're still playing well overall with all the injuries they have. Uh, Tim Duncan had an outstanding game, 18 points, eight rebounds, six assists. Uh, the Spurs, again, 21-0 and at home. Uh, Hornets get beaten by the Suns, 111-102. to The Suns, again, they're, they're, they're really not vibe. It's not where we expected this team to be. Granted, they have an injury and a guy in Eric Bledsoe, which isn't going to help. But, again, 13-25 and 25 is not where we want to see them at uh, on this part of the season. Kimball Walker had an outstanding game in that one, 25 points, six assists, and four rebounds. Not quite a whiteboard-worthy performance, but an outstanding game by him. Mario Chalmers had a whiteboard-worthy performance in a loss to the Thunder, 112-94. to 23 points, eight, eight rebounds, nine assists, two steals at 51 on the whiteboard-worthy performance scale by Mario Chalmers. Uh, he was two rebounds and assists short of a triple-double there. Uh, probably would have been his first in his career. The Thunder, though, they get the victory. Kevin Durant, 26 points, 17 rebounds, and three assists, 57 on the whiteboard of the performance scale. Think about this, people. Kobe Bryant is getting more votes than Kevin Durant, who just had 26 points and 17 rebounds last night. That's, that's all you need to know. What are people watching? People don't understand. I'm done. Uh, Clippers, 109-98 over the Trailblazers. Chris Paul, obviously, with a big time, probably performance of the night by far, 21 points. 19 assists and four rebounds, and one of those assists was a big-time alley-oop to DeAndre, uh, uh, DeAndre Jordan in that one. It was a, That was an outstanding game by them, obviously, the C.J. McCollum uh, poop fest by the Trailblazers that forgot to play him and put him on the roster, which I, I still don't understand how you do, considering how the guy's been playing lately. Um, it, it just baffles me that that was the case. But, again, situation, mistake made. Again, the Clippers hanging in there, 23-13, and 13, hanging around the Western Conference. They're, they're a Class B team in the Western Conference right now with the Thunder hanging in there and making the case to be a legitimate team in the West. Andrew, what did you see from last night in the NBA? Um, for, you know, first of all, i gotta, I got to say it. You guys know that I can't get through a show without continuously talking about my Pistons. Moving up into the seventh seed, taking out the Celtics postgame show. I hosted afterwards was was uh, interesting, uh, and now you know they're only a game and a half out of being that that third seed, uh, two and a half games out of being that second seed. So the the East just isn't separating, man. Between the two seed and the eight seed, there's a three game difference, and we're you know we're we're 36 games in. Um, I, I really loved LeBron's play last night. When that jump shot's falling, you're not beating the Cavs. It's that. LeBron is making jump shots they are unbeatable by anybody in the league. Um, the Knicks and Chris Bosh, man, this guy's on a tear. Um, he, yep. You want to talk about somebody, uh, an all-star, uh, a worthy all-star. He's everything, 19 points, eight rebounds. Uh, you know, his last three has 28 points, 31 points, and 23 points. He, he's not even in the top ten, I don't believe, for front court voting. Um, and he's a guy who really deserves to be up there. He, I mean, he really does. Let's see. 
He's not even in. Oh, he's sixth. Okay, he's sixth. But you know, that, that's a guy who you hope the, the coach is going to put him in. Uh, you told me you'd take the Spurs if they were favored by 20 and a half, and you would have won money, I'll tell you that much. Uh, I told yeah. you otherwise. They, they took out the Jazz, like you said, 123 to 98. I think it's a different story for Eagle Bears there. I think it's a whole different story. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily think they win, um, but it, it could be closer. The disappointing performance of the night, disappointing game of the is Denver versus Minnesota. And even if you're a fan of defensive basketball, this wasn't just defensive basketball. This was just people missing shots. Andrew Wiggins, 4-14. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns went for 14-14. He had a great game. Uh, Gallinari was 6-15. for 15. Kenneth Freed, 1-8. for eight. The, the, the Nuggets came away with the win, which was amazing. And, and Kevin Durant, uh, I, I think in two years, if this guy's healthy, he it, it's not going to be Steph Curry. It's not going to be Anthony Davis. I think it'll be him who's the best player in the NBA. Um, I, I think right now he's second, and I think him and LeBron have separated themselves so far from everybody else. As much as people want Steph yeah. Curry to be, um, I, I just, I'm just i still not on that. I think he's either the third or the fourth best player in the league. Um, as much as they want him to be, I think Kevin Durant, LeBron James are crazy far ahead of everybody. Well, what's insane, What's here's one tidbit I want to mention before we get into these previews for tonight. There's not that much again. Tomorrow we have our FanDuel show. Obviously, we'll have Dre and FP back on the show tomorrow. Um, our phone number is 323-642-1558. I know Andrew's got to get out of here in about five minutes, maybe less so. But I want to say one thing about last night that is becoming more and more apparent, and it's, and it's getting really thrown under the radar because they're about ten and a half games back of Golden State and San Antonio, about seven games back of San Antonio. Uh, this L.A. Clipper team, I'm telling you, they're starting to show signs of the team that we thought they were going to be coming into the season. They've won seven in a row. They don't have Blake Griffin, and they're playing a lot like they played last year around this time, coming out of nowhere to just just decide to just say, hey, guess what? We're going to come out. We're going to grind. I don't care who we got out there. Whoever plays, we're going to step up, and we're going to win ballgames. And that's what they've done. Think about this. They were seven games ago. They had lost three in a row. They weren't playing good basketball. They weren't playing inspired basketball. At that point in time, they were 16 and 13, kind of in the middle of the pack, hanging around. Now they're a team legitimately hanging out and saying, look, we can compete in the Western Conference. Do I think they can compete with teams like San Antonio and Golden State? Not right now, but if Blake Griffin comes back and he implements a a form of offense that they need again, which hopefully he can because a lot of what he's been doing is putting up empty stats as of late. Since since early November, he really hasn't impacted the team the way he should have. But also he's been hurt. But if he comes back and he implements the right moves that he needs for this team – then they're going to be a team to be reckoned with again, similar to what happened last year. And I think if they go back and they look at some of the tape they had last year again, late in the, late in the season, uh, right around the time they played the Spurs, right around the time you know they played the Rockets in the postseason, this is going to be a team that's going to be scary. And if they keep playing the way they're playing, I'm telling you, look out, because they're doing it right now with no one paying attention. Look, I'm not seeing any news on how this Clippers team is doing, on how their locker room is or how anything's going. And that's a credit to them shutting it all down about a month ago saying look we need to just play better they have they are 23 and 13 in their first now 36 games of the season when at one point they were looking at below under 500 around 500 now they're looking like a legitimate contender once again and the team that again i picked them to win the nba title this year and they're finally starting to look like the team that's starting to realize look we're good enough to compete against everybody on an any given night basis um 
let's get to these previews real quick before I let you get out of here, Andrew. I know you got to get out of here. Um, well, we only got four games in the NBA tonight, uh, and then tomorrow we have our, again, like I said, FanDuel show. Hawks and 76ers, I mean, Ish Smith could come out and play well again. You never know. They're in Philadelphia. It's on Thursday. Uh, they're, uh, Atlanta's favored by nine. I think I think Philadelphia's going to keep it closer than that. They're going to. I think I think they're going to. I take Philly in the plus nine. I think they'll keep it close. I think Atlanta wins, but it'll be closer than that. Bulls and Celtics. First time it'll be on TNT. Obviously a TNT Thursday today. Um, first time that I mean in in all year. This is the first time all year, and in two weeks that the TNT crew has been able to have a game. Celtics at Bulls. Bulls are favored by six. I think Jimmy Butler is going to go off in this game on national television. I just feel like he's going to just just absolutely light it up. And I think the Bulls will win that one by more than six. I think they dominate. Jazz, Rockets, these are two teams that have really been really under the weather, if you think about it. The Rockets have just not been playing well all season long, and I still don't believe in them anymore. The Jazz have just been hurt. Um, there's a lot of things going on with both these teams right now. It's kind of one of the, the, the toss-up games. And then you got the garbage game, which I know Charles Barkley is going to absolutely troll when he talks about this game tonight. Lakers and Kings, DeMarcus Cousins and Kobe Bryant. Look, how in the hell – this is – okay, this is what I want to see Charles Barkley talk about tonight. How in the hell does Kobe Bryant have more votes than DeMarcus Cousins? And I know Shaq's going to talk about it. You better believe Shaq is going to talk about that. I, I, I got a feeling Shaq what is going to go world? off on this one and say – what in the what in the hell is going on? How the hell does does Demarcus Cousins? How does Zaza Pachulia have more points and more more votes than Demarcus? A guy who has his name spelled like pizza. How does he have more points than? So that's what I'm trying to say. How in the heck does Demarcus Cousins have more points? You know what I'm saying? I don't get it. So the point is, is that's the last game of the night. Sacramento's favored by eight. I think Demarcus Cousins is going to absolutely just go bonkers tonight. I think Demarcus Cousins go for forty and twenty. And he just dominates. Uh, what do you think from tonight's games, Andrew? Uh, I think 76 years are going to keep it close with the Hawks. I think the Rockets are going to dismantle the Jazz. And I think the Kings are also going to do the same to the Lakers. Um, here's the thing. Why I don't think Jimmy Butler's going off tonight. Uh, first of all, is Rose playing? I I don't know. I don't know if Derrick Rose is playing. He's unknown if, these days. If Derrick Rose plays, it's on national TV. He's going to take 30 shots. That's just how he does it. <laughs> He needs that contract next summer, remember? He needs that contract. Yeah. Uh, so he's right. going to take all the shots away from Jimmy Butler. They'll win somehow because it's on national TV and the Bulls don't lose on national TV. Uh, but I got I got Hawks, Bulls, uh, Rockets, and Kings. I got all the favorites tonight. All right. Sounds like a plan. Andrew, I know you got to get out of here. Get back to work, man. You're busy, busy man. All right, man. Peace. All right. Have a good one, Andrew. All right. So we got about, I'd say we got about 10 minutes left on the show. We wanted to get out of here now, but there's a couple of things I want to talk about before I get out of here. And I know you probably tuned into this show seeing the twit tweet that I just sent out about talking about Ken Griffey Jr. And obviously I'll preview that Viking Seahawks game for you. And I'm going to preview that for you right now. Minnesota and Seattle. Look, first of all, I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. I've been one since I was nine years old about, uh, I don't know, 1999 since I've been a Vikings fan. And I've been watching this team ever since I was young, and I, I know about them. I just know everything about them. And being the sports guru that I am, trust me, I know more about it than I do. And I know a ton about the Seahawks organization and what they do. I live up here. It's crazy Seahawks town up here. And, look, I'm going to preview this game for you. It's going to be probably about zero or minus five degrees, maybe less, depending upon what the wind chill looks like. It's going to be a cold, cold game in Minnesota in this one. And, look, here's the one thing I think that's going to happen. I think this is going to be one of those games where it's not going to be a blowout but I think it's going to come down to who can control the line of scrimmage and who can control uh, 
who can control the game, really. I, I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game. It's going to be a closer game than the last time these two teams played about a month ago. But honestly, with the way the Seahawks have been playing, and as a Vikings fan, I can attest to this, with the way the Seahawks have been playing, I think the Vikings will play better, but the Seahawks aren't losing this game. There's no way the Seahawks lose this game. And I think it's going to be one of those games where it's going to be a drag them out knockdown, drag them out game for both teams. I think it's going to be low scoring from the standpoint of ball control will be a huge thing. Knowing that Marshawn Lynch is going to be back, that defense is balling out beyond all compare right now. They're just playing at another level like they've done in the past. And I know they played terrible against the Rams a couple weeks ago, but I'm telling you, the Minnesota Vikings are, are – 11-5, and five, won the division. They, out, they exceeded expectations beyond what I think other people expected them to do this year. I thought they would be a nine-win team at best. They won 11 games. They won the division. I am satisfied as a customer of this team and as a fan of this team. I am beyond satisfied. But they drew the wrong card in this, in this playoffs. They're playing a team in, against Seattle who is hot beyond compare. Look, they are the defending NFC champions for the last two years for a reason, because they know what it takes to win in any environment in any given situation. This team is playing out of control right now in the standpoint of they're playing out of their mind good. The defense is back. The way the Vikings offensive line has been playing as of late is not amazing. It's been better, but it's still nothing that the Seahawks defense can't contain. I think the Seahawks defense is going to come in and just – I feel like they're going to annihilate Teddy Bridgewater. I think, I think Adrian Peterson has a decent game, but on the whole, I, I just think that this is going to be one of those games where the Seahawks lead – it's going to be close, like 20 to 10 going into like the fourth quarter, and then I have a feeling that the Seahawks are going to take that like eight-minute drive in the fourth quarter and just destroy the Seahawks and win like something like 27 to 13, 27 to 10 – or 17 or something like that. It's going to be one of those games where the score won't indicate really what the outcome was, which is Seahawks victory and a dominating victory at that. So I think the Seahawks win this one. Um, but if the Vikings, I'm telling you, if my Vikings win this game, they have it all set up for them because if the Seahawks win, they play Carolina, If the Vikings win, they play Arizona. If the Vikings play Arizona, after the way the Seahawks played against Arizona, and especially with the way the Vikings played against Arizona about you know two, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I'm telling you, or a month ago, this Vikings team can beat Arizona. If they beat Seattle somehow this weekend, which I don't think is going to happen, but if they do, they can play Arizona and they can beat Arizona. And then they can, if they beat Arizona, they either play one of three teams, Green Bay, Washington, or Carolina. They've beaten Green Bay. They just beat them. They can beat them again in Lambeau. They can do it again. Carolina, do you really think that our secondary can't guard those those guys? I think Cam Newton's tough to play, but that secondary can defend those receivers. And then Washington will destroy Washington. So the Vikings, if they can get past this game, I have a strange feeling that they can get past the rest of the NFC and potentially – Slip on their slip their way on into the uh, slip their way on into the Super Bowl. Now, do I think they'll go to the Super Bowl? No, because I think they'll lose to Carolina if they play Carolina. They could easily lose to Arizona, and they can easily lose this weekend. And I think they will lose this weekend. I think the season will end this weekend. And as a Vikings fan, I've been more than satisfied with the season. But I'm just going to be honest: the Seahawks team is playing out of their mind. Um, I want to get to one thing before I get out of here. Obviously, we got those four games tonight in the NBA. College basketball is, 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 is running rampant with, call, with a conference play right now. But there's one thing I want to say before I get out of here. First of all, I've been, on this, I've been on this for about four years, and you know where I'm going with this. The Hall of Fame in the baseball world uh, was announced yesterday. The candidates who made it, 
uh, in the in the baseball world, they they made it. Mike Piazza and Ken Griffey Jr. got elected in. Mike Piazza got 83% of the vote, and Ken Griffey Jr. got the highest ever at 99.3%. Look, here's my problem. First of all, I know I live in the Pacific Northwest. I live in Seattle, I live near Seattle, and I live in an area where Ken Griffey Jr. is absolutely beloved and adored, and I get it. And I get that people are going to probably listen to this and think, oh, this guy's a homer, this guy's a this, this guy's a that. No, 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 no. People, what you don't understand is that organization in the Seattle Mariners was garbage before Ken Griffey Jr. came here. He was – they were garbage. Then Ken Griffey Jr. came in, and he was in an era where Michael Jordan was running around, Shaq. Um, you had guys from other sports in football like, uh, like Jerry Rice. You had some of the best athletes ever play in the 90s. And Ken Griffey Jr. – and I was a kid, and I get it. Ken Griffey Jr. was one of those guys that defined the game of baseball to a T. He played like a child, like a kid, like a kid, like a 12-year-old kid going out to play Little League Baseball every single day. And the way he performed out on the field, the guy was just the quintessential baseball player that you would ever want your kid to be. Have fun, enjoy yourself, understand that this is the best game in the world, baseball. I, I love baseball. I can't talk about baseball on the radio because a lot of people would, would – would, a lot. And I'm telling you, majority of people would disagree with my opinion, that arrogant, that I don't think people would like. But when it comes to Ken Griffey Jr., ever since he retired, I would say a couple of years after he retired, when I started seeing uh, the baseball world turn more into a pitching finesse type of game where it was really just a pitcher's game and no one could hit the ball anymore, I started sitting there and thinking, look, who else epitomizes the game of baseball better than Ken Griffey Jr.? Who? Who does? I mean, think about it. With the joy, the excitement, no, no BS off the field, no drama, uh, just a childlike presence. And the feel-good story about Ken Griffey Jr., even if he didn't play on the East Coast as often, the highlights you see of this guy, the interviews, the, 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 the way he holds himself and conducts himself is the perfect baseball player. I thought in 2012 that this would be the first baseball player we ever saw in Major League history that would be a unanimous vote. Now, granted, that would take 440 people to convince. And I get it. And I, and I get it. It's a lot of people. And I understand that uh, not everyone would – and I would understand people who didn't have, a, have him on unanimous because of the fact that he was injured for most of his career. Realistically, if you think about it, most of his career he was injured. The first half of his career – Griffey could have retired in 2000, and he would have been a Hall of Famer. Now, would he have been unanimous? No. Would he have been as high, highly voted? Would he have been first ballot? I don't even know about that. But he would have been a top-tier Hall of Famer in his – he was being compared to guys like Willie Mays, uh, you know, Babe Ruth, and whoever you want to name as greatest outfielders of all time when he was 27 years old. This guy was the natural, like – he was the naturalist, most incredible baseball player we've ever seen from the standpoint of just pure God-given ability. And he, his off the field, on the field, the way he just – his presence was – is I'm telling you, I've, been, I've seen Ken Griffey Jr. live late in his career, and this guy, I don't know – when you saw him, you were like, that's the greatest baseball player ever. And it wasn't just from the standpoint of him playing in, 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 uh, in Seattle. 
from living living here. I'm telling you, this guy, he brought a different presence to the game that the game needs. And if more players brought it, which today guys like Mike Trout do, uh, Bryce Harper a little bit, he's, he's more arrogant, but when it comes to Griffey's presence to the game of baseball, it is the definition. And I will go this far as to say that Ken Griffey Jr. should have his swing encapsulated, pictured, as the new logo of base, of baseball. Major League Baseball should have Ken Griffey Jr. swinging a baseball bat because that is the epitome of what baseball should be, and that's the way Ken Griffey Jr. played the game. Griffey didn't just play the game with grace and, and beauty and finesse, and, 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 and he, he was physical from the standpoint of, look, he, had to, he would outrun baseballs and hit walls that were not padded at the level he did was just, it's something that's unspeakable, and you can't even really put words to it because it was so beautiful and so elegant. And on top of that, the way the guy hit the baseball, the way the guy ran the bases, the way the guy played the game, I can go on and I'm repeating myself. But he epitomized baseball. And for him to not get unanimous voting the, for the first time ever in baseball, I've been saying it for, for three years, saying this is the guy who ran through the PED era, which I'm, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say as an arrogant fool and say I don't think uh, Griffey did, did, did or didn't do PEDs because this was an era where there were PEDs being used rampantly, but he never had any stink on him about that. None at all. Maybe that was a media cover-up. Maybe the media didn't want it to be heard. But the guy just went about everything the perfect way. I'm telling you. And people talk about Jeter as being the perfect Yankee and all that. Look, Griffey was the perfect baseball player. When you have a kid who wants to go play baseball, you want him to play like Griffey. Not be as great as Griffey, but have that mentality that Griffey had. Don't worry about striking out. Don't worry about failure. Go have fun. Go and be a kid. Go and be a, go and be a youthful adult. Like I'm telling you, me as a as I played baseball. I played baseball from the time I was five years old to the time I graduated from high school, and now I'm slowly getting back into it, and playing softball and playing. I play the game to have fun. I don't care if anyone else is not having fun because I'm there to play the game to be a kid and to remember when I was young. For anybody who's ever played the game of baseball and has grown up playing the game of baseball, you understand why Griffey is the greatest player ever. You understand. The guy, all he did was have fun. He never had an ill will about him in the game. Yes, there's times where baseball is frustrating, but he never let it get to him because he understood how great the game was. And the guy had fun doing it all the time. And that's what you want to do. And as you get older and as you realize that your body starts to break down and all these things that I'm starting to recognize as a 25-year-old man, and again, I, I, you know, I'm not like I was when I was 20. I'm not like I was when I was 18. I, I'm starting to slowly, and it's slowly, but recognize that I'm not, I'm not forever going to be indestructible. And Griffey played the game as he grew up into, a, into an old man the way you should always play it, and that is play it with a youthful bounce to your step. And for him to not get unanimous voting, it, I don't – those three people, I'm telling you, and again, I grew up in an, I grew up in an era where, again, I grew up in Seattle, I grew up here, but for those three people to have an agenda, to have an ideal that this guy is not a first-round ballot Hall of Famer, in their opinion, those people need to be, need to be 
uh, Falls version of castrated from voting for anything ever again. Because he is the definition of what baseball should be played and how it should be played. That's my take on Ken Griffey Jr. And it, and, it, and it should be, I'm just telling you, he is the definition of what all baseball players and all baseball enthusiasts should strive to ever see. we got about a minute left in the, in the show. Episode, th- episode 45 is in the books. Um, I'll be back tomorrow. Friday, we'll have FanDuel for the 8th of January, episode 46. We will talk FanDuel with JP, or uh, 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 FP, excuse me, FP and Dre will be on the show with us talking FanDuel. We'll get you a live uh, lineup there for that. And we'll also recap what happened in the world of the NBA today. Again, episode 45 in the books. I'll see you tomorrow, same time, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on CLNS Radio in the FanDuel Studios. My name is Simo Buckets, here through blogtalkradio.com. Thank you again for listening. Have a fantastic day.